Friday, and welcome to a new episode of This Week in Apps, a weekly no-fluff data first roundup of interesting news and trends about mobile apps and games. This is Ariel from AppFigures, and I have five highlights for you today. And it wouldn't be an Olympics week without starting with the Olympics. After delays and controversy, the Olympic Games finally kicked off in Japan last Friday. Did you watch it? I did. Are people interested in watching the games, though? That's kind of a good question. They've been delayed by a year, and there are no spectators physically in the in the arenas, so... I looked at downloads in order to figure that out. NBC Universal is the official broadcaster of the games, at least here in the US, and the NBC Sports app is where you'll be able to get the best coverage for the Olympic Games Day of all the live stuff and everything else. But it requires a subscription, which is kind of a problem. But NBC thought of that and they have another opportunity. Peacock, which they also own, has a lot of content related to the Olympics and it's available for free. It's not live or 100% comprehensive, but it'll give you your Olympic fix, for sure, if that's what you're looking for. Both apps enjoyed a multiplier on downloads this week. NBC Sports, which gets a little under 3,000 downloads a day based on our estimates, climbed to a peak of 49,000 downloads on Sunday, its highest peak of the year. Peacock, which has been on a nice up-into-the-right kind of path, has seen downloads top 120,000 on the same day, up from about 50,000 in the previous few weeks. Both are still trending higher than average and will likely remain there until... The events end next week. Now, if you're interested in medals and forecasting and uh, the machine learning that goes on behind that, there's an interesting page by 538 that has their forecasts of which country is going to win the most medals. It's pretty cool. It's not really related to anything I've been talking about, but nice to look at. I'm going to link to it in the show notes in case you're into that sort of thing. Next up, a game. Nintendo announced last week that it's going to hit the undo button on Dr. Mario World, the game they released just before Mario Kart Tour. Do you remember that one? Because I can't say I do, and I look at this stuff all the time. Now, why is Nintendo pulling the plug on a barely two-year-old title? I looked at downloads and revenue to see. And it's really all about the money. Since 2016, Nintendo's released several games that use my favorite plumber. Looking at revenue estimates, only one really made a dent. And that's not Dr. Mario World. Since it was launched in 2019, Dr. Mario World brought in just a little over $7 million in net revenue from the US and Japan, which are the two biggest markets for the title, according to our estimates. And I'm looking at net revenue here. So this is after Apple and Google take their cut, 15, 30, whatever it is. Um, it's not a small chunk. It actually, if you put it in comparison or in context with the revenue from Super Mario Run, if you remember that game, um, it exceeds it easily. But they have different revenue models, so I'm not really going to get into that too much. And my thoughts on the revenue model for uh, Super Mario Run are we're going to be here all day. Um, but then if we look at Mario Kart Tour, Mario Kart Tour brought in a little over $100 million in net revenue from those two countries since it launched. And it launched after Dr. Mario World. So here's the bottom line. Everything Nintendo does is really well thought out. And it means that effort is put into it and effort means money. So they're spending money on making these games quite a bit, if I had to guess. Now, at about 10th, just a 10th of revenue, it's probably even even uh, smaller than that. It's just not worth the effort. I don't think this means anything is wrong with Nintendo or Mario Kart as a property. I mean, Mario as a property or the App Store, Google Play or how people consume games these days. I think it just means that they tried something and it didn't work. I'm curious to see what's next. Another one that I've been thinking about for a long time has to do with streaming. Netflix announced that they're expanding into a new area, mobile game development. 
That's right. Netflix wants to top the charts, the charts that I look at all the time with games. At first glance, that's not too surprising. Netflix owns a lot of very lucrative properties that can be turned into games. I can easily see a Stranger Things game making it into the most downloaded games, the series that I write every month. But thinking about it again, they can just license that out to an experienced shop that's been doing this for a long time. And that's kind of what everyone else have been doing, has been doing, have been doing, has been doing. Everyone else has been doing. The why, however, becomes a little bit more clear when you look at Netflix's downloads over time and how their share of downloads is changing over the last few years. I should say how it's been shrinking over the last few years. So I looked at the top streamers over the last, since 2017, I looked at their downloads. Netflix, in the beginning, in the before days, was really the, the one and only streamer, a luxury that it enjoyed for several years. And to see how its share changed over the years, I used our app intelligence to analyze the share of downloads for the top four streamers, Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, and HBO Max between 2017 and 2021, what we have of 2021 in the U.S., because that's the one country they're all available in. The rest are uh, hit or miss. And I did that across the App Store and Google Play. Let's look at the numbers. In 2017, Netflix had a commanding lead. About 61% of all the downloads of those four apps it had, and this is in the U.S. 2018 was fairly similar, 60%. But things really started shrinking when Disney Plus came into the scene. And if you remember, Disney Plus joined... Uh, really towards the end of 2019. And even though it was towards the end of 2019, Netflix's share of downloads dropped to 47%. So Disney, so Disney Plus was eating Netflix's lunch. In 2020, that changed completely. And Disney Plus really took off. Um, there was a rebrand of HBO into HBO Max, which really took off. And Netflix's share dropped to just 33%. That's 2020, the year of streaming. In 2021, now that everyone is streaming everything all the time, Netflix's share of downloads sits at just about 25%. Now, you might, be, you might be thinking, oh, wait, maybe the entire industry shrunk. And the answer is absolutely not. New downloads of those top streamers specifically, when you combine them, more than doubled since 2017. And if you want to think about it in terms of numbers, I forecast that this year, the four, those four apps will see about 120 million downloads combined in the US alone. So Netflix isn't really expanding its horizons with games, but rather it has to find something that it can get into and grow or else. And the question is, can it actually be successful with games? Netflix is new to mobile games and mobile games are not an easy to enter into type of market. It's got a bunch of really big players who are really happy with their revenue. And if you read the um, most downloaded games series that I have every month, you'll see there's a lot of money and a lot of downloads going on there. But it can recruit pretty much the top talent, and it has in-demand properties that are really exciting, like Stranger Things and many, many others that are exclusive to Netflix. So I have very little reason to believe that they won't be able to enter the arena with a big thunder. I'm looking forward to seeing what they would, what they would put out and how it would actually take off. Next on my list is Clubhouse. At number four, we have Clubhouse, the audio Twitter, as I now started calling it. Um, and it has been making big moves. I've covered it so many times over the last year, and this is just one more of those. <laughs> last time you heard me talk about it, it became available on Android, which was a big thing. And this week, or actually last week, they made it available for everyone. So Clubhouse is no longer exclusive, it's no longer beta, it's no longer invite only, it's not an app just like every other app. Now, if you remember, 
expanding to Android scored big for Clubhouse. They got a ton of downloads on Android and also a huge spike in downloads from the App Store. So everyone was really interested in it. And naturally, you would think, well, if it happened, then, then opening up to everyone will help with more downloads, right? And the answer is no. It actually, opening up to everyone just really barely moved the needle. Downloads on July 22nd, the day after the announcement, grew to 91,000 across the App Store and Google Play, globally according to our estimates. That's only a tiny bit higher than the 75,000 downloads that they recorded on the 21st, which were also a bit lower than the 83,000 downloads that they recorded the previous Sunday. That peak also was pretty temporary. Downloads sloped downward as the week progressed. On Wednesday, this Wednesday, Clubhouse saw just 56,000 new downloads, about a half of last week's peak. So what is going on? Everyone expected Clubhouse to be a runaway success once everyone can access it, but there are a few things to consider here. The first is that audio-first social media is really in its infancy. The numbers Clubhouse saw so far were nice, but they're not really comparable to any of the incumbents. The second is that there's something special and unique to exclusivity and to betas. And it's not just how it impacts demand, but it's also how it impacts expectations. When I'm invited to a beta, I, I love being a beta tester. If you have any app that you want me to beta test, let me know. But when I'm invited to a beta, my expectations are kind of low. I'm excited by the special access I have, so I'm ready to tolerate things that are maybe not 100% polished. I'm ready to click around a bit more and spend more effort getting value out of whatever it is that I'm testing. Out of beta, I expect things to just work. If you've used Clubhouse before, you probably know that it doesn't. Like nothing is broken. Nothing is technically broken, but the experience isn't awesome. The way you discover rooms is really too simple. The search is extremely basic. There are a lot of weird audio spam rooms that I just don't understand. And because it's all real time, you have to be there to enjoy it or to take part of it or to really drive value out of it. And that's tough, especially when you consider that it's morning here and night somewhere else all at the same time. I stick by what I've been saying the last few times I covered Clubhouse um, in this podcast to become a serious destination. It really needs to figure out a way to reward its creators. And the more creators that you follow and you want to follow are on Clubhouse, the more you will go out of your way to adjust to all these things hard to find rooms, maybe a time difference that is kind of iffy. And um, and that's, I think, its way to success. If it can capitalize on that, great. And we'll see Clubhouse continue on and on. And if not, I'm sure someone else will come and try to do this. We know that Spotify tried its own way and Spotify didn't do this exclusive first type of offering and no one cared about it. I covered it a few weeks ago and the numbers were tiny, miserably tiny. So I think that's what could happen to Clubhouse and now that it's available to everyone, it's no longer really special unless they find a way to get more people hooked on it. Now, in case you're thinking, what about them adding text-based direct messages uh, last week or two weeks ago? I am not even going to address that because it's one of those things you need to have in the app. I really don't think that anyone comes to Clubhouse so they can send DMs to their friends. There's Twitter for that and Facebook and Messenger and WhatsApp and all those things. So I don't think that counts at all. And then at number five, last for this week, is Snapchat. Snapchat was in the news a lot this morning specifically and also last night because a series of unfortunate events led to a lot of frustrations. What happened is Snapchat had issues preventing users from logging in. So a whole bunch of users decided to just delete the app and reinstall it. But the App Store had a short outage and users couldn't download it. And all the news publications decided to cover this. The store was only down for an hour, though. 
So everyone eventually, I imagine, managed to get the app. And that's not really why I bring this up. I bring this up because the real story that I see here is the trend in downloads of Snapchat that I noticed when I started looking into what happened last night. Over the last year, Snapchat has been sitting at the top of the charts, um, actually for a long, long time. It's, it hasn't been number one in a long time like it has been this morning, but it was pretty much up there. And when an app is there all the time, you kind of expect it to just maintain its number of downloads and maintain its growth, a lot like Facebook. Not like TikTok, because TikTok is fairly new. But it seems that Snapchat is trying to break out of the Facebook and go more towards TikTok. Last Sunday, Snapchat recorded its highest day of downloads in 2021, according to our estimates. Between the App Store and Google Play, Snapchat was downloaded more than 1.4 million times. That's more than twice as many downloads as Snapchat saw during its April slump, where daily downloads were averaging just about 700,000. If things continue as is, Snapchat is expected to have its best year of downloads in 2021. That's this year. It's already ahead of last year at the same time, and last year was a mega year for the service that many thought would kind of disappear or fade away before, between poor um, stock prices and TikTok just eating everyone's lunch. But it doesn't look like it. Snapchat is actually continuing to grow, which is good news if you're holding the stock or if you like Snapchat. And on that happy note, I'm going to say happy Friday. Hopefully you enjoy this. If you have, please tell your friends. And if you haven't subscribed on whatever platform you're using, please subscribe. And if you're looking for any data like this, whether it's for your competitors or for other apps you're tracking or apps you're trying to invest in, check out appfigures.com intelligence where we can offer you all of this data. It's really affordable and really easy to get started. So that's it for me. See you next week.